This is Sean Mandoli, and you're listening to the Whole Plant Church Podcast. I hope you encounter God and walk in new levels of freedom as a result of listening to this message. Enjoy. What is up, everybody? All right, I hope everybody's doing well. Um, I hope you enjoyed our worship, and we're about to get into the Word of God. So it's really great to be here with you. I hope you have your Bible, your pens, your phone, your iPad, your computer, whatever it is, so you can take some notes and, and get these, get this word, these scriptures in you. Uh, so as we jump in here, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to dive into the Word of God today. Uh, Father, we thank you today for your Word. We thank you, God, for uh, what your Word is. We thank you, Lord, that it is how we are saved. It is how we're delivered. It is how we're set free. Lord, we we thank you for what your word does. So I pray, God, for revelation. I pray that, uh, Lord, you speak to us by your spirit. I pray that we don't only read the text and talk about the text, but I pray that you breathe on the text, God, that, that this becomes a now word a present word, a word in season for everybody uh, joining with us today. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said amen. All right, so we're in part two of Lunch Money and um, we're, we're talking about stewardship. And so today, I just wanted to, uh, to minister to you, to serve you the word of God concerning how we steward the call of God and with respect to obedience to what God has called you to do. Um, and what God has done um, uh, for you and what he has put inside of you and how we are stewards of this. We, we are all called of God. We are all loved of God. We are elected. We are appointed. We are anointed. There is a call of God on your life. God has called you. God has called you out of sin and he's called you into his kingdom. So we are stewards of that, okay? It is, the calling is something God gives, but it is something we steward, okay? It doesn't come from man. The anointing that God has called you in, the anointing on your life, your what you your, your destiny, your purpose did not come from you or from a man or from an institution. It came from God, but we are stewards of that, okay? And so just to kind of review a little bit, I just want to give you the definitions of these were, of the word steward quickly here. The same ones I read last week. Uh, some may be joining us for the first time, so I want them to be aware. And I really want to want this to get in us with respect to stewardship. The reason we called it lunch money is because growing up, I'm sure many out there, you were given lunch money, uh, right, as a kid when before you went to school. Um, and um, I personally didn't always use the lunch money for lunch. I bought other things. I didn't always steward it well. Sometimes I did. Sometimes I stewarded it pretty well, uh, but but the point is lunch money. When you're a child, it is not your money. It is given to you to steward and and to and to do right with it. Can I get an amen, somebody? Okay, so um, so here we go. Uh, stewardship in the Hebrew it, it really mean, it means house manager. That's what it means. It means somebody managing somebody else's goods. It, it speaks of a leader, somebody that's in charge of something. So that's what it means in the Hebrew. One of the definitions of steward, uh, stewardship is to be in charge of something that does not belong to you. Uh, you are stewarding it. You are caring for it. You are watching over it. You are guarding it. You are causing it to flourish. 
It is not yours. You are stewarding it. You are in charge of something that is not innately yours. All right. So in the Greek, this is really good. It's the Greek word uh, epitropos or epitrope. Um, and, and it means pretty much the same thing. It goes a little deeper in the definition and how it applies to us. And this is really going to make sense to us today uh, as we talk about the call of God in your life and that you're a steward of it. And um, it, it means one having authority. It's one having authority. Um, when you are given something that is not yours to manage it, you have authority. You, you've been given kind of this, this, this freedom you, you, you could, that you apply your will to something that was given to you and you make it better or you cause that thing to flourish. You cause that thing to succeed, whatever it might be, okay? So one to whose care or honor anything that has been entrusted. I'm gonna say it again. This is what stewardship means. One to whose care or honor anything that has been entrusted, okay? Under your care. You are curating somebody else's stuff, right? You are guarding, guarding, or you are a guardian of another's goods, all right? Look at the person next to you and tell them, I am a steward, okay? And so epitrope, let, let's take it a little deeper. It really means, because it's, it has this notion of authority, this notion of entrusting something to us, it really means, it, it gives us this, this, this word, this, this principle of stewardship that God gives us the power to decide, okay? He gives us permission, okay? Here it is. Let's see what you do with it, right? So, so it's two things. It's, it's permission and commission. So stewardship, and this is a review, by the way, that those of you that were with us, uh, in, in, in the prior gathering we had, but, uh, it, it's, it's that God has committed things to your trust and given you permission to decide. Somebody say, I've been given authority. Okay. So this is, this is a, a lesson in authority that God has given to us as, 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 as Christians, as Christ followers, okay? So, so stewardship is God committing things to our trust and giving us permission to decide, okay? It is both commission, like, you know, you know what we call um, the, the duty of the church, right? The vocation of the church is to go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right? Calling people to, to, to repent and turn to Jesus. What is that called? What do we call that? What, do, what did theologians call that? What did they come up? What is that called? The great commission. So that is stewardship. We are stewards of the gospel. So that is committed to us. And now we've been given authority and permission to, to, to decide. Hallelujah. Isn't that good? Isn't that good, somebody? Okay, so here we go. Let's go to the Bible. Let's go to the Word of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 16. 1 Corinthians 9, 16. And we're going to end up reading all the way to 18. I might pause and kind of talk a little bit in between. But once again, 1 Corinthians 9, 16 uh, to verse 18. Uh, and this is uh, the Apostle Paul talking to the Corinthian church about the call of God in his life. About the, the call of God that was given him by God. So he says, for if I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of, okay? For necessity, 
is laid upon me, okay? Yes, woe is me if I do not preach the gospel, all right? Somebody say, say this with me, say this out loud. Say, say, I am called and I'm a steward of what God has called me to do. Okay, say it again. Say, I am a steward of what God has called me to do, okay? I am a steward of what God has called me to do. And he's like, look, uh, you know, if I preach the gospel, this is nothing to boast about. I think we need to, we need to, uh, you know, we need to uh, get rid of that thing that that that's in the church world where people think just because they're a preacher and a pastor or you know what I mean you get into this place of authority I know this is the temptations of the world that try to creep into the church and those that are called of God that that it's almost this 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 air of pride uh, of oh you know I'm this this is my title and 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 I, we're, we're all we all can be vulnerable to this kind of thing whatever vocation you're in uh, and uh and where it's because of where we are and our place of authority and our place of the of of, of kind of arriving at this place of of having this element of authority in whatever space you're in. And if we're not careful, pride will creep in and we'll start to get big headed and think we're all that because of what we do, even for God. And somebody say, keep me humble, Jesus. So it says here, for if I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast about. This is nothing to boast about. We, we can't let that stuff come in. This is the call of God on his life. For, uh, you know, I have nothing to boast about. For necessity, necessity is laid upon me. Yes, woe unto me if I do not preach the gospel. What is he saying? That, that necessity has been laid upon me. This is a call from God. This is something God put on my life. This is a compelling need requiring my action. That's what it means by, by, by this thing was laid on him, okay? Somebody say, I'm steward of the call of God. So he's like, man, this is nothing to boast about. Who, this has nothing to do with, with look at me, look what I do, look at my title, look at, look at who I am. No, he's like, I have nothing to boast about. I'm called to preach. This is my calling. It came from God. And look, uh, and necessity is laid upon me, okay? That, that, that this thing, this is some, pressing need this weight on my life to carry out in the earth. He's like, man, necessity's laid upon me. Woe unto me if I preach not the gospel. God, God put this anointing on me. God graced me to do this. This is, this is something that um, God has put on me. Necessity has been laid upon me. Woe unto me if I do not preach the gospel. This is my first point, church. Stewardship always leads to obedience. Stewardship always leads to obedience, okay? Let's look at verse 17. For if I do this willingly, I have a reward. Uh, but if against my will, here it is, I have been entrusted with a stewardship. Come on, let's say that together. Say, I have been entrusted with a stewardship. So he's saying, for if I do this willingly, I have a reward. But if against my will, I've been entrusted with the stewardship. Hallelujah. Verse 18, what is my reward then? That when I preach the gospel, I may present the gospel of Christ without charge. That I may not abuse, look at abuse, that I may not abuse my authority in the gospel. Stewardship is the remedy to the abuse of authority. When we have that mindset and we go into our prayer time or we come into a tough situation 
or we, we have this temptation, this pride trying to creep in, this abuse of power, this abuse of authority. When we uh, really think about, wait a second, hold on, pause, Lord, you gave this to me. God, this is yours. You could take it in a second. Father, forgive me for that pride, that ego, that, 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 that. Lord, Lord, I, I resist the temptation to abuse this authority you've given me. God, help me to be a good steward. Okay, so, so stewardship always leads to obedience because he said this, look, that if I do the will of God against my will, I'm entrusted uh, to be a steward. Okay, I've been entrusted with the stewardship. So what's he saying is that stewardship won't feel good sometimes, okay? And that's what he's saying. Look, if I do it according to my will, I got a reward, you know, I'm doing, but if against my will, meaning many times the will of God is gonna be contrary to how I feel. My will, my human will is not gonna wanna do it. Jesus was met with that in the garden of Gethsemane. Am I right? His will came face to face with the obedience and, and the call of God on his life. And he was like, may this cup pass for me. Nevertheless, what did he say? Not my will, but your will be done. Okay, so, so, so Jesus met the reality of obedience and stewardship. And when he said, okay, not my will, but your will be done. He, in that moment, uh, uh, made that decision and stewardship led our savior to obedience. Hallelujah. Stewardship led our Savior to obedience. So, so um, we do the hard thing, the sacrificial thing, because we are stewards. Okay, so there's going to be times where where it's hard, uh, where the will of God is hard. Forgiving people is hard. Blessing others is hard. Loving others is hard. Loving others that hate you is going to be hard. Um, and just being obedient to step into your gifting at times will be hard because of the fear, because of the insecurity. Um, and, and taking a step outside of your comfort zone, stepping into new relationships that God has for you that are uncomfortable for you, um, stepping outside of your isolation into community. Uh, that, 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 that's the journey of obedience for all of us. And, and those moments uh, are going to be difficult and hard, but we do them. We do them because, wait, hold on. Yeah, we're stewards. Because he said, look, if I do this against my will, hey, I'm a steward. I, I, it goes back to what this really is, okay? So the next time we don't feel like obeying God, let's remind ourselves that we've been entrusted with a stewardship, okay? This is for all of us. Apostle Paul met it. Uh, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, met this reality when he walked the earth as a man, okay? Okay, here it is. Here's my next point. Stewardship is what keeps us on course, okay? It is what keeps us on course. Look at how Paul was like, man, if it's against my will, I'm gonna trust you with the stewardship. When we submit to stewardship, that this is God's doing, this is God's hand, I'm gonna do what he's called me to do, I'm gonna allow, I'm gonna allow him to break my self-will, to break my self-preservation, to break my ego to break 
the, the, the things in my life that are against the will and purpose of God and, and in, in our surrender, those things will break. In our, in our uh, yielding to God and to the voice of God and to the word of God and to the will of God, those things will bring a beautiful brokenness in our life when we say not my will, but your will be done, stewardship leads to obedience and stewardship is what keeps us on course, okay? It's what keeps us on course. If you look at this verse quickly, Acts 26 verse 19, it's when Paul was given the chance to speak to King Agrippa concerning um, his life. You know, in verse 19 of Acts 26, this is near the end of the book of Acts. And, and so he says, therefore, King Agrippa, here it is, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. Necessity has been laid upon me. Okay, verse 20, but declared first, and he kind of breaks down what he did, his stewardship, his calling. But verse 20, but declared first to those in Damascus and Jerusalem, and throughout all the region of Judea, and then to the Gentiles, that they should repent, turn to God, and do works befitting repentance. Man, so he's like, look, this was a stewardship thing. And it says in Damascus, you know, that's where it all started. He On, on the road to Damascus is where he encountered Jesus. And he's like, is that you, Lord? Right? And 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 that's where it all began for him. He encountered God in a supernatural, powerful way. And, and his life was forever changed. And that's where it all began. But look, at he can look back. He can look back on his life. He can look back on his journey and say, man, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. Somebody say stewardship. Stewardship comes from heaven. Stewardship comes from God. This is from God. This is between you and God. This is your. This is who you will give an account to. It's appointed for man once to die. After that, the judgment. Stewardship is about your personal responsibility and relationship with God in Christ. This is what will keep you. It's stewardship is what keeps us on course. I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. So, and this is this is beautiful because he was speaking of. His obedience to God. And look at um, a lot of people didn't understand his obedience, especially government officials and religious people. He was persecuted for it. Okay. So you look at Acts from his encounter onward up until this point, up until the end of the book of Acts, he was constantly ran into people that did not understand, agree with, or desire to walk with him. They actually, you know, brutalized him, beat him, left him for dead many times. I mean, he was shipwrecked. I mean, and he still kept going. Why? He, he lived it. I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. Okay, so this thing is, is between me and God. So stewardship really clarifies who we really answer to. Okay, who we really answer to. I, I'm under a stewardship. So, so God doesn't need anybody else's permission to call you, anoint you, and appoint you. Somebody say amen. God doesn't ask for permission from anybody to call anyone. He does it. He calls them. He puts his presence, his love, his, 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 his plan in and on people's lives. And, and so we need to, um, come on now, stop wasting 
our emotional energy trying to make people understand our obedience, okay? And, and I'm really talking about people that are contrary, that are trying to pull you out of the will of God. And maybe they don't realize that that's what they're doing, but that's what they're doing. And, and we, need to, we, need, we need to learn how to obey and, and walk with God and, and be okay. We have to be comfortable with people not understanding our pursuit of Jesus. We have to learn to be comfortable with the fact that not everybody's gonna understand this, okay? So to follow Christ, we must get over the unhealthy desire of being understood by everybody. Some people will. God will actually assign people to your life to, to, to bring out the call of God. I mean, and, and, and encourage you in the will of God, but there are gonna be those that are not gonna do that, are going to be contrary to it. And, and to follow Christ, to, to be a good steward, we must get over that, that insecurity of needing to be understood by people. And many times, the, the hardest ones to get, for us to get through this process at time is the ones that we truly love and they truly love us, but they still don't understand the call of God in our life. They don't understand our obedience. They, they are, they're not gonna understand it with the natural mind. The Bible says the natural mind is that enmity against God. Okay, so, so there's some people just aren't going to get it. And we got to be okay with that. We got to, because I am not, you know, they are not my, I am not stewarding their goods. I'm stewarding God's goods. Amen. It's, 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 I'm, I'm, my, I'm accountable for my relationship with God. Okay. So with respect, okay, to, to being stewards of the heavenly calling. Okay. Many times our biggest struggle will be with our earthly family because the heavenly vision doesn't line up with 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 earthly things and an earthly mindset okay paul said to king agrippa i was i wasn't disobedient to the heavenly vision so once again you know to, to follow christ we must get over that unhealthy desire of being understood by everybody um you know, if, if blind Bartimaeus, uh, when he cried out to Jesus and the people that were presumably walking with Jesus were telling him to be quiet, the Bible says he cried out a great deal more. He had to be willing to press through the resistance of people around him and people even around Jesus. Uh, he had to be willing to press through that to get a hold of Jesus. All right. And so we, um, when, when I... Um, I'll give you an example of this. This is some time ago. But when I quit professional skateboarding, I was only 23 years old. Okay, I was 18 years old when I turned pro right after I graduated from high school. And I did the pro skateboarding thing uh, and all that that entails. Um, traveling and doing contests. And it was just, it was really cool. I look back on that. I just have fond memories of all that um, and my friends and all that. And just, I really enjoyed that uh for the season it was, but I was only pro for five years. I was, ex I was very young when I quit. It was, it just didn't make sense. And, um, I remember when I did it, um, and it was really to stay where I was down here in Southern California, instead of moving, I graduated from Bible college, instead of moving back up to Northern California to get back in, um, the rhythm of where my company was, our photographers were, and just the whole culture of, of, of that life for me was in Northern California. That's where the companies I skated for were and the people on my team were. I, when I moved down here, it was like this, it was kind of, it came out of nowhere to people. It was like, they didn't get it really. 
Um, and I maintained my career through my Bible college days, although it was very different. Um, it was very different and it was a sacrifice. So um, when it got to the point where I said, you know what, I'm either going to move back and get back in it or I'm going to quit so I can focus on what I feel like God's called me to do down here. And I did that. I did that. I was 23. I was young. And I'll be honest with you, it challenged me, my own mind at the time. But I was like, man, this is what God's called me to do. And so I'm going to do this. I'm gonna, I want to be as best as I know how I want to be obedient to the heavenly vision. Okay. And so in doing that, uh, that the day I quit, I went to this service um, down in San Diego and the preacher was preaching about uh, blind Bartimaeus and how he did that and how other people were telling him to stop, you know, be quiet. And when he said, I'll never forget this. He said, if you're going to follow Jesus, you have to be willing to be misunderstood by the multitude. Okay, and, and, and within respect to stewardship, that is what it is, okay? It's gonna, it's gonna be some moments where it's gonna feel like it's against your will and, and other people aren't even gonna get it and you might not even understand it all, but you know in your spirit, this is what God has called me to do and I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna take a step of faith for Jesus and with God, right? And so here's my next point is sometimes we have to let our fruit do the talking. So, so let your fruit do the talking, all right? Let God, through the process of time, you know, cause there to be fruit in your life that other people in one season might look at you and say, man, that was, you know, what were you thinking? Or I didn't get that. Now I can see the fruit of your life. All right, folks now that just don't get you, don't understand you, maybe even hating on you and throwing some shade on you because of your decisions to follow Jesus. I'm telling you, you just keep doing what you're called to do. You stay faithful to God. You stay connected to the people that are encouraging you, that are spurring you on, that are speaking to you and, and imparting to you on a spiritual level. And you know it's breathing life and hope in you. Stay in it, stay faithful, and, and you will see the fruit. You will see it and others will see it. I'm telling you, God is faithful. As we shared last week, it is required first in stewards to be found faithful, all right? To be found faithful, all right? Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter four. Let's look at verse one real quick. Let's look at verse one. Um, verse one, here we go. Let a man so consider us. So, so let, let, let men just look at you as such. Consider us, uh, consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. And Apostle Paul was saying, man, this is, if you want to look at me, this is what I am. This is who I am. I'm a servant of Christ and I'm a steward of the mysteries of God. This is what I do. This is what I'm about. This is what I'm doing. You might have a vocation in the marketplace. You might be running a business that people will look at and go, oh, you're doing that. But you don't know in the core of your spirit, you let's, let men so consider you that I'm a servant of Christ and I am a steward of the mysteries of God. 
Okay, and th th this is our calling. This is our life. Now, your vocation might be different. The pathway of your life might be different. What you do in this natural world for a living and a career might be different. But I'm telling you that that you unpack all of that down to the core of who you are in your spirit. I'm telling you right now. I'm prophesying to you. I'm speaking life over you. You are a servant of Christ and you are a steward of the mysteries of God. Hallelujah. You are stewarding mysteries. You are a servant, okay? This is what we are. Now he's talking as an apostle who were considered to be basically like if you were to look at a church leadership structure or like a or like a church organizational chart, right? The apostle would be at the tip of the spear. Like they are out front by definition. Apostle uh, means first, okay? It's like sent one. I mean, uh, you can see in, in the, in the uh, j Paul's journeys throughout the Middle East and got up into even Europe and planting churches and pastoring and discipling people all over the place um, uh, that he had this grace to just kind of go into a territory and, and just like bust it open, right? Just kind of initiate kind of these, these moves of God. Okay. And, but he, and so he was respected in, in, in his world, right? He was honored as a leader, but he's like, look guys, th this ain't about all that. Like I'm a servant of Christ and I'm a steward of the mysteries of God. Like, this is what I am. I'm here to serve God and serve people. I don't care what you're called to do. You unpack it. This is what it is. You're called to serve God there and serve people. You're called to, you're called to love God and love people. Like it don't matter. Like the, the details are, are, are a part of life and the, and the, and the specificity of your vocation. Obviously, there's something you were educated for a certain, um, sector in the society to be and, and to do that thing. But I'm telling you, unpack all that. You're a servant of Christ and you're a steward of the mysteries of God. Okay. So this word servant, like, you know, he's speaking as a man of authority, but he's like, nah, I'm going to break this down. I'm a servant. I'm a servant. The greatest shall serve. Jesus didn't come to be served. He came to serve. When those in authority forget about serving, that's when abuse happens. When we cease to serve, we begin to abuse. Somebody needs to say amen. All right. When people as leaders in this world, when we cease to serve and we stop serving, we will start abusing. We are called to serve. The more authority you have, the greater weight of servanthood is on your life. The, the, you know, and, and the greater temptation to abuse. All right. The greater temptation to abuse. Let man so consider us. First Corinthians 4, 1 Corinthians 4.1 as servants of Christ. Servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. That is who we are. Okay, here's my next point. Stewards are servants. We're servants. I'm telling you, we approach life this way. We approach work this way. We approach our finances this way. We approach our families this way. We approach our children this way. We approach our serving in our local church community this way. I'm telling you, it changes everything. It changes everything. The whole spirit in which we do things will change. It'll be Christ glorified and not we ourselves. So this word servant, okay, it's, it's, it's two words. I want to I teach you this. 
It, it's a word. Um, it comes from two words, hypo areso. Hypo areso. And it means, hypo means under, areso means row, row. So it means to row under. So this word used in the Greek is a word used in ships where they, in, 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 in these boats, they would row. There were levels in the ships. And this word is the ones at the bottom of the ship. They were in the grime of it. They were doing the dirty work. That's what it means. He says, man, I'm a servant of Christ. I'm, I'm at the bottom of the boat. I'm gonna be down here rowing. I'm not trying to be, and as a per, I, I, our mindset, our approach should be, I might be looked at in this world as a person of authority, but really when it comes to my relation with Christ and the people I am leading or serving, I'm actually at the bottom of the boat. I'm gonna get down here. I'm gonna get down in the grime of it. I'm, a, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna be an under rower, okay? And this is what it means, a subordinate executing official orders, okay? Uh, speaking of, we're a servant, we're servants of Christ, okay? And so operating under direct specific orders, all right? And so anyone who aids another in any work and under oarsmen, right? I'm an under oarsman. I'm gonna get down here, I'm gonna do the dirty work. This is what this is what it is to be a Christ follower. The, the more authority you have, the more humble we need to be, the, the more servants we need to be. The, 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 the higher the level of influence, the, the deeper we have to go in our humility. Come on, somebody. I'm preaching good. Somebody say stewards. Stewards are servants. Say it again. Say stewards are servants. Stewards are servants. All right, we're servants. Stewards are servants. Servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. That's us. Every Christ follower, that's what you are. Every Christ follower, every person that has said Jesus is Lord, every person that has a revelation of God, I'm a servant of Christ and I'm a steward of the mysteries of God. Okay, so mysteries are secrets. Okay, it's the Greek word mysterio. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, so so this is, is not something unknowable. Okay, it's not like a mystery that will never be known, right? Because we have a revelation of Christ ourselves. So prior to Christ and knowing him and encountering him and truly being changed by him, that was a mystery to us. And now it has been revealed. Christ has been revealed. We're not gonna save the world by pushing the law of God on people, by, by, by beating them over the head with the Bible, by, by forcing kind of this religious, um, uh, you know, um, submission. The, the Christ um, and, and us walking with is a revelation. It, he has been revealed. It, the Bible speaks of the, describing the Holy Spirit in Ephesians 1. He is the spirit of revelation. He's the spirit of wisdom and revelation. We, Christ has been revealed to us, right? Christ, if you look at the, uh, you know, the apostle Paul, Christ was a mystery to him until he was revealed on the road to Damascus, right? Uh, he was revealed. So, Walking with God is a revelation. It is, uh, the word revelation means to take the covers off. So it has been there. It's just the covers have been removed. The, Jesus died 2000 years ago, but I, the covers didn't come off of my eyes until the summer of 1992. Uh, that's when it was revealed to me. It already happened. This is, this is, this has been done. It, Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. And that revelation has been revealed to me. 
right? Christ is revealed. Salvation is revealed, okay? We must be born again, okay? So, so that's what it means. It, it means that it's, it's not something unknowable. Rather, it is what can only be known through revelation. That's what mystery is. So we're stewards of this. We're stewards of this, not only salvation, but walking with God is a mystery. Walking with God is a, is a walk of progressive revelation. How many of you have read your Bible, um, you know, a lot, right? And then you read it again and you read a verse and you're like, whoa, I never saw this before. Somebody say revelation, right? It's, re it's revealed. It is revealed. You're like, whoa, I see this now. Okay, these, I've read this a million times, but man, this is like this rhema word in the Greek. Rhema is, is, is not just the written word. It is the revelatory word. It's I've read what is written, but it has now breathed spiritual life into me. And I see the dimensions of this and the, and the spiritual ramifications of this. And, and it's, and it's literally feeding my spirit. Come on now. Somebody say this with me. Say, Jesus, give us revelation. So let's be a people, right, that hear from God, that hear from God and navigate life by revelation. Let's build a life where we have history with God, that the story of our life is that of walking with God, that, that we can look back and go, man, that was God. When we look back, we ought uh, to be able to regularly say, God did that. God led me here. God connected me to that person. God led me to Hopeland Church. God positioned me. God connected me. I mean, our life ought to be that of revelation. That, that, that as we, as we discipline ourselves in the Logos word or the written word, that, that, and, and, and with that we are led by the Spirit of God, that, that, that we, that we move and, and make decisions in this natural world by revelation, the voice of God and, and Him leading and guiding us and opening doors for us and the divine opportunities and the divine appointments and all that stuff, you know, um, th those things are so important in, in our walk with God. When, um, when I, when I quit skateboarding, right, as I just said, um, that was a revelation. I didn't read in the Bible, like, go to Bible college, right? Uh, no, I was, I, 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 through the, through the, through the uh, circumstances leading up to being exposed to a certain Bible college in Orange County and then meeting some of the students, I felt God perceived God say, do it, take a step of faith, get out of the boat right? Do it. And, and, and somebody said, somebody say revelation, revelation, I, you know, and I didn't have all the answers, but that was part, that's the excitement of it. There is this risk in serving God. There is this, there is this, this pathway that does not line up with natural, pragmatic, um, linear lines of thinking all the time. This I am moved by the Spirit of God. I am hearing from God. He is actually alive and I am walking with Him and His Spirit is leading me in the will of God. I am a steward of these mysteries and as I walk with God and learn from Him and pray and, 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 and get in community and seek His face and worship and fast and, 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 and pursue the God and obey and all that good stuff, I'm telling you, the mysteries of the will of God will progressively unfold throughout your life. And you're going to look back and go, wow, God has orchestrated me and my life with the people in my life to get me to where I am. It all, it all connects. God's will is being done and, and, and he is ultimately in control. Here we go. Galatians chapter two, um, verse one. Let's look at this. 
Let's look at this. Turn there, Galatians 2, verse 1. And, and so I'm going to read it, just kind of go through the points real quick as you're turning to Galatians. Stewardship always leads to obedience. Somebody say amen to that. Stewardship is what keeps us on course. Somebody say amen. Let your fruit do the talking, okay? Let your fruit do the talking. Let them see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Um, stewards are servants, all right? Somebody, somebody say amen to that one. All right, and here's my next one. Before we go to Galatians 2, 1, uh, stewards live in the supernatural. Why? Because we're stewarding mysteries, okay? The mysteries of the gospel, the, the, the mysteries, the mystery of walking with God, being led by his spirit, that, that it is not, that this is, a, this is a walk in the spirit, that if we walk in the spirit, we won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. What is God telling you? Where is he leading you? What is he doing in this season of your life? Are you able to articulate and talk about, man, this is where God has me. This is what God is doing. This is who God has in my life right now. Come on, somebody. We are people of revelation. We are servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Galatians 2.1. Then after 14 years, I went up to Jerusalem with Barnabas. Man, you know, he's got some, he's got some history with God here, 14 years, and also took Titus with me. Verse two, check this out, powerful verse. And I went up by revelation. I went up by revelation. God revealed to me this place to go, this environment to go, these people to reach out to. I went up by revelation. I'm hearing from God. I have the spirit of God inside of me. He is leading, guiding, directing. He is my counselor. And I am going, moving, making decisions in life by revelation and communicated to them that gospel, which I preach among the Gentiles. Hallelujah. Okay, check it out. I got one more verse, folks. Proverbs chapter 25, verse two. Proverbs 25, verse two. Here it is. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter. Somebody say mysteries. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings is to search out a matter. God conceals it. We search it out. Somebody say revelation. God conceals it. We search it out. I've heard one preacher say time before, revelation is not hidden from you. It's hidden for you. Come on, somebody. It's not unknowable. But look at the margin between the next revelation you get and, and where you are now is in that margin is good stewardship. Come on, somebody. In the margin of what God's going to lead you to, what he's saying to you, the revelation, the word, the breakthrough, uh, whatever it is that's in your future, what's in between that and where you are is good stewardship, faithfulness. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings is to search out a matter. He conceals it because he reveals himself progressively in and through time, a.k.a. the process, all right? So good stewards learn to stay in God's will when God is apparently silent. Hallelujah. And so here we go. I'm gonna close with this. This is my last uh, point. Um, and here it is. Steward, stewardship is a, ser is a series of lessons in faithfulness. All right. And when it comes to the call of God and what you've been called to do, stewardship is a series of lessons throughout life in faithfulness, in faithfulness. And God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. At the core of stewardship, 
is reward. Okay, that, that there is there is reward. That is what it is. Uh, stewardship is all of our assignments. That that's our assignment is to steward what God has given us. And 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 there is always a reward in seeking God. That's what it says. It says in the Word of God that He is He is a rewarder. Okay, without faith, it's impossible to please God. The Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please him. All right. And so we just talked about being faithful and, and walking in faith. So it is impossible to please God without faith. And he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. All right. Stewardship is a series of lessons in faithfulness. My last verse, and we're going to pray. First Corinthians chapter four. Verse two, moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. Let me pray for you. Father, I just thank you for everybody joining in today in the word. I pray, God, in the name of Jesus, that you would stir the call of God on their life. I pray that they would say yes again. Even now, they would say, yes, Lord, to your will. Yes, Lord, to your way. Yes, Lord, to your call. Lord, we choose to walk with you. God, we have confessed you to be Lord. And so when we do that, we have positioned ourselves as stewards. So I pray, God, in the name of Jesus, that people here this year, as they continue out this, this, this week and this day, that they would truly steward the mysteries of God, steward the revelation, steward uh, well when they hear the voice of God in your bidding and calling. God, that, Father, they would be stewards of the mysteries of God. And Lord, that they would walk in the supernatural, that they would live in this supernatural relationship with you, God. I pray in Jesus' name, Father God, that everybody here would, would go into this week Go into the marketplace. Go into what they're called to do. And Lord, they would arm themselves and position themselves as servants of Christ and stewards of the very mysteries of God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, I wanna pray for you. Uh, if you have not accepted Christ to be Lord of your life, I wanna lead you to Jesus right now. I want you to repeat this prayer after me. I, I, I encourage you to do this. Uh, there is uh, salvation in no other name under heaven. Uh, and Jesus forgives, Jesus saves, Jesus heals. Jesus uh, not only saves you from the, the sin and, and the effects of sin in this life, but he saves us for all eternity. All right, and so if that's you, I just wanna lead you in a simple prayer right now. I encourage you to pray with me. Just say, God, I come to you a sinner. I confess that I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sins. Wash away my sins in your precious blood. I receive forgiveness. I confess you to be Lord. I believe in my heart that God raised you 
from the dead. I am saved in Jesus' name. Amen. If you want to continue in your walk with God, which I believe you do, and you want to grow in your faith, I want to send you uh, a short little Bible study, and it's um, a seven-day Bible study, and it's going to help you in your next steps in your walk with God. So simply just text the word GROW to 323-405-3232, and we will send that to you. We'll just text that to you. Uh, Be encouraged. We're praying for you. God bless. I hope you enjoyed the message. And my prayer is that you will change your world as a result of what you've heard today. If you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our weekend gatherings. And don't forget to follow us on social media. Peace.